Perception Veil. Tales of the unexplained, the unknown, and the unlikely. The human mind is a really powerful and cool thing that is still mysterious to even those who are medical professionals. So, an eccentricity, is it an illness or a gift? If a friend of yours claimed to be able to communicate with the dead, would you consider your eccentric friend to be mentally sick or a huckster? Or blessed with an enormous gift? Even to those who have that ability, it can be seen equally as a blessing and a curse. Here's a story that I received not too long ago. My problem started when I was a small child. It would come and go. There were days, even weeks, when I didn't talk to them. Those were the best times when I could be a kid and not have to listen to their problems, their issues, their paranoia. But then it would always return to the point where it came back violently when I was in my teens. So violently, in fact, that I spent a year on antipsychotics because I had convinced my psychiatrist that I had some kind of schizoaffective disorder. That was not the case. I knew it wasn't the case because I knew I had a gift. It's a gift that runs pretty heavily in my family, going back many generations. What that means varies greatly from person to person. But I embrace my gift now because it's a chance to communicate with my ancestors, my long-departed relatives. Yeah, I am a conduit for the dead. They speak through me. I communicate with them. That is my gift. I don't talk to many people I know about it. They would think I was weird or insane or disassociating. But I am not. I'm just a medium. So now the story. It was around Halloween 2015. That time of year is always when the veil between this world and the next thins greatly. A friend of mine and I had rented a small one-room cabin for the weekend. My friend does not have the gift, but knows about mine and supports me. Halloween fell on a Friday that year, and when we took a little vacation in the mountains, we were both excited. We were going to watch some classic Halloween films and just have a good time for the weekend. But I also wanted to take some time to see if I could reach my grandmother. She died when I was 16. My mom always told me that I could talk to my grandmother or great-grandmother any time I wanted, and they would hear me. She believed that her grandparents or great-grandparents and so on would look out for me and love me simply because I was hers. So soon after we got settled into the cabin for the evening, we lit some candles with our offerings and lit the incense, made some hot tea, and we even had some mead for the occasion. I was hoping that my grandmother liked the candle that I had lit for her. It was a white candle that I put in the window in the hopes that she would pop in for a visit. I really had the strong desire to have a chat with her, and that was what I tried to do. But to be honest, 
I did not expect anything to happen. My control over the things that I see and hear has always been bordering on non-existent, and I didn't really know what to do to kick things off. So I simply invited my grandmother as a quiet meditation. I think my exact words were, you can borrow my mouth and hands. I began to get the strangest feeling. It's a little hard to describe, but it felt like I was lending out all of my skin and getting it back dirty. Or like the outlines of words were pressing into the front part of my skull. I also remember feeling like I was floating, but I wasn't able to really go anywhere. And then I was crying, quietly crying, but pretty hard. I vaguely remember my face feeling wet, and then with no warning, I felt like I was choking, hands around my throat. Not of the act of being choked, but of the feeling of hands. And the only thing I can remember thinking is, I wish he would stop choking me. I think he killed me. I wasn't thinking it. I was feeling it in words. And then the words came out of my mouth. But none of them were by choice. Explaining it is difficult. At this point, I still haven't moved off the floor, but now my friend is kneeling in front of me with a concerned look on her face. It was like watching through a door, and none of it really felt correct. She asked me my name, and I told her that I couldn't remember my name. I felt like I had lost something important, and I needed to find it. Somehow, I knew it was a a baby. Once I sort of came back to myself, I wasn't sure what had happened, but I knew that someone else wanted a chance. I crossed my legs to breathe through the feeling, and I requested that my friend hand me a notebook and I began to scribble some things down. I wasn't really sure what I was supposed to do, so I just let go of any inhibitions. I still felt like I was in control somewhat, but I needed to just allow this channeling to happen. So I just started scribbling to get things going. And then I felt like something was happening. My tongue got heavy, my throat was tight. My hands were clumsy, like like I didn't know how to hold the pen. And I somehow felt a push and a pull at the same time. Watching your hand move without you being in control of it is a bit surreal to say the least. Nothing that was coming out made any sense, and I didn't know what was happening. This carried on for a while, long enough to the point where I was going to give up when I suddenly found myself overcome with rage, the kind that twists your stomach and makes your face hot. I remember the sudden change in mood making me feel ill, and I was quickly bringing my hands over my head and slamming them into the floor on either side of the notebook in fury over and over again. I jerked myself to a halt and yelled for it to stop. Loudly. I remember my friend appearing beside me and yelling something, but it's 
hard to hear two different people talking in two different places. It was like playing two radio stations over one another. It just became a fuzzy mess. I calmed myself down and I tried again. I relaxed and refused to move. Then I gave my permission and closed my eyes. When I opened them again, across the page was a sloppily written statement, angry with me. Why are you doing this? It said. My blood froze in my veins from the shock of it alone, but I didn't feel threatened. I've met people, been to places, and seen things that immediately set off every alarm in my body. This did not feel like that. But I could also sense that this was not my grandmother I was dealing with. It wasn't any of my relatives that I could sense. I didn't feel any attachment to whatever it was inhabiting my space. It felt like having an argument with nothing but my feelings. Then, out of pure instinct, I picked up the pen in my left hand and, in perfect lettering, wrote, Friend, over and over. I am not left-handed. In that moment, there is this confusing mix of sensory overload and numbness. I started to hear something coming out of my mouth. It was this low whine, incoherent slurring as if whoever it was did not know how to use a mouth anymore. Oddly enough, helping them was instinctual. I just put a little force behind it, and slowly, and in the most disconcerting and uneven tone, almost like a half-sobbed song, out of my mouth came, We are here. I can remember the muted feeling of shock from myself, coupled with satisfaction. It was odd, like my eyes had stopped working, but I could still see the room, and like my hearing and touch were numb, but I could acknowledge the sounds and sensations without them. I could feel the discomfort coming off of my friend. Once that happened, it was like the floodgates had broken loose. It just kept happening. I really don't know how long I sat there. But I was singing songs I'd never heard in languages I do not speak, and writing in a foreign language with my non-dominant hand all at the same time. I remember shaking and being so tired, but I kept going. There was a woman who was ashamed of the way she died, and a man who wanted to talk to my friend. Someone claimed to be my grand and another was going on about a serpent coming. None of it, none of it seemed to make any sense to me. It seemed like I had been sitting there for hours and hours, trying to work through everything. When it came to the point where my head was pounding and my limbs were visibly trembling, I tried to come back, all the way back, It was like a a switch had been flipped. I just kept saying, give more time. Come to the end. Give me the light. I need more time. Give more time. Give me the light. 
My friend later told me that I was screaming it, but I don't remember that part. I just remember this awful feeling of being slammed into in the most personal way possible, like I had been punched from the inside. I fell onto my side and I threw up all over the carpet from the shock of the feeling. My friend helped me onto the couch, handed me the now cold tea and did a quick smoke cleanse of the cabin. It took me a while to feel okay again, like I was back in my own body. It was an intense disassociation. I could not see my face as mine in the mirror. It looked like someone else. My skin was hyper-detailed, and my eyes were too bright. I just felt wrong. It took me two full days to feel more like me. It took me a few more days to finally gather enough courage to look at my notebook, and it looked like ten different people had written random nonsense in there. The handwriting was so drastically different from one page to the next that there is no way in hell it could be just one. And that nonsense I wrote? Well, it ended up being mostly French. Old French. The kind that was last used around I don't know, 700 years ago. I don't even speak any French. I shared some with a college professor that I know who was able to roughly translate some of it. The best he could figure is that it was love language, like you would write in a letter to your lover in, you know, 12 to 1300 era France. Some were the names of old towns, and some of it did not translate in any way we could make sense of. However, one prevailing word or theme was light. Over and over again, in Latin, in German, in Old French, in Middle English, the word light. That made me happy. We all need more light in our lives, less darkness. At least, that is how it felt to me. But what scares me is that I feel I could do this again at any point. The one time felt like a crash course that jogged my memory as I've been doing it forever. The same feelings creep back in on occasion, that floating disconnect and hyper-awareness all at once. I know that if I slip even a little, if I take a finger off the steering wheel per se, if I give up control, something else will slip into my skin, take control, and who knows if it would ever relinquish control back to me. And that idea makes me nervous, anxious, stressed. But I do not doubt that there will be another time when the pressure from the other side will be so great that it will have to be released. And the flow from that side to this one will flow through my mouth, my hands, my body. It is my gift. And my curse. So now, as the autumnal winds blow, the metamorphosis of summertime vitality 
into the chill of winter transpires. It is a time when the line between this world and the next thins, partitioned only by the perception veil.